0: This week's Parsha is Parsha's Va'igash, and we are going to start on chapter 45, verse number 27. But before we do that, we are going to give a quick synopsis of what is happening with Parsha. In the beginning of the Parsha, Yehuda confronts Yosef, and then Yosef could not control himself, and Yosef discloses himself to the brothers that he is their brother, and then Yosef asks that the brothers go home and bring Yaakov because the family is going to last many years more. Yosef, on verse number twenty-four, tells the brother Artigazu Baderech, do not become agitated on the way. We are going to analyze this pasuk too, and then they come to Yaakov and they tell to Yaakov Yosef that Yosef is still alive, that he is the ruler. Of all of Egypt, va'yofeg liboy, and his heart rejected it, ki loyami because he did not believe them. Va'dabru elav eskal Yosef, ashe and they spoke to him all the words that Yosef spoke to them. Va'yar esha galoyis, ashe shalach Yosef, lases oisoi, and he saw the wagons that Yosef sent to carry him. Vatchi and the spirit of Yaakov became revived. In previous Shiurim, we discussed what so special about the Agolas, what does it mean. In this Shiur, we are going to follow basically what Rashi writes, and Rashi brings down that here he gave a simon, he gave a sign on the last thing that he was learning with Yaakov, and that was the Parsha Agle Arufa, the portion of the Torah where the Torah discusses the decapitated calf, meaning that in the end of Shoftim, in chapter 21 of the Vorim, there it discusses when you find that person and you don't know who killed them, then the basin comes out and measures to the city that is closest to the body. And then they bring a calf, which has never worked and no yoke has been on it. And they decapitate the calf next to the river. And this is called Eglarufa, And this was the last think that Yaakov learned of Yosef. So Yosef, by sending the Agolas, by sending the wagons, was giving Yaakov a hint of what they learned last, and through that the spirit of Yaakov became revived. Sefer Shemiroj asks two questions in regards to what's happening here. The first question he asks, why specifically did Yaakov learn with Yosef the parshish Eglarufa before Yaakov sent Yosef out to meet the brothers all the way in Parshish Vayeshev, where he sends Yosef to see how the brothers are doing before he was sold. In truth, this first question is addressed by the Dazekinim Balatoisus, where the Daseken in Balatoisus explains that Yaakov was accompanying Yosef to go to Shem, And then Yosef tells Yaakov that he does not need to be accompanied because he knows the way himself. Then Yaakov tells Yosef about the law of Eglarufa, where the elders of town in Dwarim chapter 21 verse number 7 after the procedure of the decapitating the calf it's written there that they say in a loud voice that our hands had not spilled this blood and our eyes have not seen and the Gemara in Soiter Daf base forty six B writes down also you're going to think that it went on, on our heart to believe Shabazdin that the elders of town are spilling blood, that they have to declare that we did not spill the blood and we did not see. Elogamura says what is meant by the declaration is Patrino that we did not see him and let him go with out food, meaning had we seen him we would have given food that we did not see him and let him go without an escort meaning that had we seen him we would have made sure that there is an escort to escort him and accompany him out of town. From there the Gemara brings down Omar <inaudible> says in the name of Umislave, that anybody who doesn't accompany or doesn't let himself be accompanied, kilu. Domim that is considered as you'd have spilled blood, meaning that's very important to accompany a person because otherwise it's considered as you spilled blood. So according to in Baal Toisves, this is what Yaakov taught Yosef when he sent him to Shem because Yaakov was accompanying him and Yosef was resisting this accompaniment. So according to this, we understand why specifically he was taught. Parsha's Egle Arufa, the Parsha of the decapitating calf, because from that Parsha we learn the importance of being accompanied, that then it protects you. But Sefer Shemiroz is going to give a different answer why is specifically Parsha Egle Arufa, the decapitated calf. The second question the Sefer Shemiroz asks is why specifically the story of Eglarufa is the one that convinced Yaakov. Why didn't Yaakov become convinced by the first two signs which clearly the brothers must have told Yaakov about Yosef? Meaning that in chapter 45, verse number 4, where Yosef tells the brother, "Shu noelai, come close to me, Gashu they came close, Rashi explains that why did he ask him to come close? Show that Yosef showed them that he is circumcised, meaning that he, one of the signs that he show that he is circumcised, and the second sign that Yosef told the brothers is on verse number twelve, that binyamim that your eyes and the eyes of our brothers binyamim see that my mouth is speaking to you, and Rash explains that it's speaking to you, belosh and koidesh, in the holy tongue. Then Sefer Shemeroish asks, why these two signs did not help Yaakov to believe that Yosef is alive? Why only after he said the Parsha Vagla that is when Yaakov realized, and therefore, what Hiruach Yaakov Aviem, the spirit of Yaakov, became revived? Sefer Shemeroish starts answering by what is written in Parsha's Mikheis, in Bereshis, chapter 43, verse number 8, where there Yuda tells Yaakov, Send the lad with me, meaning send Binyamin with me, and I will get up, and we will go, and we will leave, and we will not die, Gamanachno, neither us, gamato, neither you, and also your children. And there, Odom and are asking what does it mean that Nihieh will live and will not die. Clearly, if we'll live, will not die. Rashi writes down that that when Yehuda told Yaakov that will live, a divine spirit went over him, which means that that fruit are going now to hear your spirit is going to live. As it's written later on in this verse that we're analyzing, that the spirit of Yaakov their father became revived, which means the will live, meaning was Arucha Koidesh, Veloinomus, and we're not going to die, but in the hunger. Sethe Shemeroj brings the Kliokor, which the Bekliokor notes that every time it's written in the double language, the Nichia will live, Veloinomus, and will not die, the Gemara and the Madrish, interprets it as will live in this world, and not die in the world to come. And it brings a proof from what is written in the Sabrachad varim chapter 33, verse number 6, where there it says, Yehi Ruven, Ruven should live, Ve'al Yomuz, and should not die. Rasha writes down, Yehi Ruven, Ruven should live, Bo'elom in this world, Ve'al and will not die, Lo'elom in the world to come. And even though the kli does not bring, there is a famous gemara in Brachos daf Yud, Omed Aleph 10A, where there the prophet Yeshaya tells Yahweh when he is sick, and he tells him Koyomar Hashem, So the Hashem say, Tav leveischa, Command to your house, meaning make your final will, Kimeis Ato, because you are going to die velo and you will not leave. So the gemara explains, Kimeis Ato, you will die, bo in this world. And you will not leave in the world to come, so we see again that whenever it's written the double language you will die and you will not live, it means you'll die in this world and not live in the world to come. So the Clere explains that Yehuda was saying for both of them, meaning that let me go down, take Binyamin like that we will both live and will both not die in the world to come and he explains based on what Russia brings down in Bereshis, Parshas Vayashev, chapter 37, verse number 35, where Yaakov says, Ki erit el bni, that I'll go to my son Ovel Shoyla, in mourning to the pit. Rasha brings down what does it mean in mourning to the pit. Rasha brings for the Madrish, Tanhuma in Vaigash, that Simon ze, hai, moser, that I got this sign from Hashem, Echot Mi Bonai, that if one of my children does not die in my lifetime, that I am assured that I won't see Gehennem, I won't see hell, meaning that I will go to the world to come. But now, that one of my sons died during my lifetime, because he thought Yosef is dead, then automatically he will see Gehennem, and therefore Yaakov was crying that he is going to go in mourning into Gehennem. And therefore, says the Kliyokar, after Yaakov meets Yosef it's written on Bereshit chapter 46 verse number 30 in this week's parasha Amuso apam, I will die this time meaning I will die only one time I'll die only in this world but I won't die in the world to come because now that Yosef is alive then none of my children died during my lifetime then I'm not sure that I'm going to have the world to come and the Cleocher explains that when Yehuda says, nomus, and we will not die in the world to come, he was referring either to himself and Yaakov, because since now he assured Yaakov that he's going to bring back Benjamin and if he doesn't bring back Benyamin, I'll sin for you all the days of my life, which means that even the world to come will be sinning, and therefore through going down to Egypt, and bringing back Benjamin, he will also live in the world to come. He will also live. Or he explains that we have a rule that if you cause somebody to go to Gehenna, then you should also go to Gehenna, because it's not fair that the person you cause to go to Gehenna is in Gehenna, and you should not be there. Which means that if Yaakov would have gone to Gehenna, then it's only fair that the brothers which were responsible for Yaakov's going to Gehenam will also go to Ganem, And now that Yaakov is going to be revived, then all the tribes are going to be revived because none of them will have to go to Ghanem, because since Yaakov doesn't go to Ganem, then automatically they don't have to go to Ganem. So it comes out according to Kliakur that a spirit of prophecy came over Yehuda and Yehuda said, Venichia, Varinamus that will live here and will not die in the world to come. Sefer Shem Arosh continues and explains on different interpretation why v'nichia v'loi why should we live and not die, and that is specifically for Yehuda. Since through Yehuda was the sale of Yosef, meaning he gave the idea to sell Yosef, because he's the one who says on chapter 37, verse number 27, let's sell Yosef to the Ishmaelites, and our hands should not be on him, and since he stole Yosef out from his family, from his parents, then it's only proper that through him, through his action, Yosef should come back, that the tikkun for what he did, the ratification for the sin that he did of the sale of Yosef, should be through him, through his action. Therefore, says Sefer Shem that when Yehuda said, Venichia, that will live, Veloinomus, and will not die. That means that I will have, through the action of bringing Binyamin down, will have Yosef come back. Automatically, I will live and not die. I'll be able to rectify what I did wrong and not have the sin over me for what I did. And then Sefer Shemeroj gives a different interpretation on the idea of Venichia, Veloinomus, that I will live and not die. And his interpretation is based on an interesting Chassam Soifer in this week's Parsha. The Chassam Soifer writes down that had Yaakov Ovinu died in Eretz Israel, his soul would have gone directly to heaven, would have gone to such a high level that the Jewish people in the level that they were in, they could not tap into His merits, and there wasn't going to be any remnants here in this world that the Jewish people should tap into. But now that Yaakov Avinu had to go down to Egypt because of Yosef, meaning that he went to join Yosef in Egypt, then subsequently Yaakov Avinu ended up dying in Egypt, and because Yaakov Avinu went up dying in Egypt, his soul could not go up as straight. As it would have been had he died in Eretz Israel, automatically the Jewish people are able to tap into his merits, to his presence, and like that the Jewish people had a remnant, and because of that the Jewish people were able to survive the exile in Egypt. And he explains that this is exactly what Yosef is telling the brothers, meaning that in chapter forty-five, verse number five. Yosef tells the brothers, ve'ato'en now, alter atzvu, do not be sad, ba'alikha be'eneichem, and do not reproach yourself, ki'me'charte mo'yisi, that you sold me heino here, ki lemichya, sholokhan ye'lekim because Hashem sent me here, as a supporter, for in front of you. And then, in verse number 7, he says, again, ve'asholokhan ye'lekim lifneichem, and Hashem send me in front of you, losim lochem she'aris ba'aretz, to put on you our are a survival in the land, and to sustain you for a great deliverance. The chasam is bothered that it seems to be redundant because before he said that Hashem sent me here for, to give you food so why is he saying again that Hashem sent me to be She'eris Baaretz? Therefore the chasam explains that this second She'eris Baaretz comes to explain something different. It's going to explain that now that Hashem sent me here and Yaakov Vin is going to be here and Yaakov Vin is going to die here automatically it's going to be She'er is going to be a remnant in earth meaning that parts of Yaakov Vin is going to be remaining in earth and that is going to be gedola. is going to be a great salvation meaning had Yaakov Vin died in Nertz Israel, then we wouldn't have anything to tap into because the Shom is going to be so high that we common people could not even reach to it. But now that Yaakov died in Chutzlaris, died in Egypt, and because of that, we are able to tap into his soul, then it comes out that the whole action that happened now was to have a remnant here on earth. And therefore, Yosef said two statements. One thing, I'm here to support you, physically, to give you food. And then, through me, Yaakov is going to come, he's going to die automatically is going to be, she'aris. is going to be a remnant on earth, and automatically he's going to be, La'achiyaz <laughs> dochem gedola. is going to be to you a great salvation, a great deliverance. And the Chassam Soif in the says that not only Yaakov or Venus' death was needed to be chutz in order for us to be able to tap into the merits of Yaakov, to the soul of Yaakov, in order to give us strength to survive the bitter exile in Egypt. But the death of the Shvatim, the 12 tribes, was also needed for us to be able to tap into their souls and be able to get out of Egypt. Because had they died in Eretz Yisrael, their souls would have gone up directly to Hashem and there wouldn't be any remains for us to tap into here on earth. But now that they died in Egypt, the Jewish people were able to tap into that, and that ended up being also a salvation for the Jewish people. And according to this, Sefer Shemiroi says, we could now understand what Yehuda said on that verse in chapter 43, verse number 8, where he says, Venelecha will go, Venichia will leave, Venomus will not die, Gamanachno, also us, the also you. Begam Tappenu, also our children. And the question is that according to what we interpreted now, that's talking about the world to come, what does it mean, our children? But according to what we just said, it means to say that our children will also benefit from the fact that we are going to Egypt. Because like that, they will be able to have a salvation. And according to this, Sefer Shem continues and says, that's what it means to say that Nitzin HaKodesh. That Yehuda, by saying this, had had a flickering of the divine prophecy that by him bringing Yosef out and Yaakovinu finding out Yosef is in Egypt, Yaakovinu is going to go down to Egypt, and if Yaakovinu is going to go down to Egypt, he's going to end up dying in Egypt, and if he goes end up dying to Egypt, then automatically the Nishia will live in this world, v'lo and we will not die completely, meaning that our death is not going to be completely without any remnants. That there is going to be still a remnants by our death, that the Jewish people are going to be able to tap into our souls, to our merits, because of that. And Sefer Shemeroj continues and brings the Chasam Soifer, where the Chasam Soifer explains that there are three reasons why Yosef had to go down to Egypt. One of the reasons he explains is the reason that he mentioned earlier that Yaakov Avinu had to die in Egypt in order to be able to give the Jewish people a great salvation, because like that his neshama became somewhat connected to this world. And the second interpretation brings down is the simple interpretation that the verse writes that since there was a famine and they needed food, then the fact that Yosef was in Egypt was very propitious, that like that he'll be able to feed the Jewish people. And the third interpretation brings down that the Gemara writes down in Shabazdaf pay test omed um, base, um, Rab Hia Barabe Omarabylen, um, Ra Yaakov Avinu, led Misraim Beshausholois Shal Basel that Yaakov Avino should have really gone down to Egypt with iron chains, meaning like those who go into captivity where normally they are chained, they are tied up. Husoy Garmoloy, But the merit of Yaakov Avino caused him to escape this fate because it's written in the verse in O'Shea chapter 11, verse number 4, if the ropes of men amshachayim, I will draw them, meaning draw them to Egypt, with braids of love, meaning because of the braids of love that Yaakov Inu had towards Yosef, meaning since Yosef was his favorite, and because Yosef went down to Egypt, therefore Yaakov Inu ended up going out to Egypt, but he went out because of love and not chained as a captive. According to this, Chasam Soifer Shemeroi says, comes out that whoever caused the Jewish people to go down to Egypt did the Jewish people a great favor. That comes out that Hashem specifically gave this merit to Yehuda that Yehuda should be the one to cause the Jewish people to go down to Egypt because since this eventually turned out to be a great merit, and Yehuda was deserving of dismay, According to this idea, Sefer Sherman Roish explains what we mentioned earlier, that when Yosef sent the brothers, Yosef tells them in verse number 24, Al-Tirgezu Baderech did not become agitated on the way. And Rashi gives three interpretations, but we are going to use the first and last interpretation of Rashi, where the first interpretation of Rashi is Al-Tisasku Bidvaralacheh, do not become involved in the matters of Allah, in order the trip should not become a source of agitation for you. The simple interpretation meaning that if you get involved in Allah then you will delay the trip and Yosef wanted that his father should come as soon as possible. By the way, Rashi does not explain what kind of Allah they will be arguing about. As a side note, before we give the answer of the Shemin roish who brings from the Hassam Soifer, what would have been the argument in Aloha? The Aruga Saboisim explains that they would be arguing about the Aloha if the Jewish people before they received the Torah have the law of a Ben-Noach or the law of Israel. As Meforshim bring down in the beginning of Parsha's Vayeshev that the argument between Yosef and his brothers was that Yosef held that before the Torah was given the Jewish people are basically Ben-Noach And if they want to keep voluntarily the stringencies of being a Jew, they are allowed to. But where being a Jew ends up being a leniency, then clearly we are not allowed to do it because we are basically a Ben-Noach. And the brothers believed that once Yaakov was called Israel, then automatically we are B'nai Israel. Then we are required to keep the Jewish laws of B'nai Israel, even if by keeping the Jewish law it ends up being a leniency. We are no more Ben-Noach. And because the brothers ruled otherwise, that's why they decided to kill Yosef or to sell Yosef. But now that they see that Yosef prevailed, now they have to reevaluate if what they ruled in Allah is correct. That maybe Yosef is correct that the Jewish people before the Torah was given have the law of Ben-Noach. So that's the Rugas Boys explains was what Yosef was afraid that they will do on the road, that they will reevaluate what the law is in regards to the Jewish people before the Torah was given, if they have the law of Abenoech or the law of Israel, and therefore he asked them not to get involved in these halachas in order not to delay their going to Yaakov, not to delay Yaakov's coming to Egypt. But let's go back to the Rashi. Rashi, in his third interpretation, says. Shal and the simple interpretation of the verse is that they were ashamed, meaning the brothers were ashamed for his sale. Yosef was void, Shami or baderek, maybe they'll fight each other on the way. because of his sale. to dispute one another. to say, that you are guilty that Yosef was sold. Meaning, that he was sold because of you. You spoke evil reports on Yosef. You caused us to hate him. The Hassam Soifer explains that the first answer of Rashi and the third answer of Rashi are really the same answer. Meaning, that according to the Hassam Soifer it comes out that whoever sold Joseph did actually a good thing. He did a great thing because of the three reasons that we mentioned previously that like that the Jewish people will have a salvation. Comes out that whoever sold Yosef was really a shliach of Hashem. And therefore he says that Yosef was afraid that the brothers will argue who really deserves the credit of selling Yosef. Meaning who really is the one that deserves to say that he is the one that caused Yosef to be sold and he's the one that the salvation came through. And he explains that this is involved in the Machloikas if when you cause an action to be done it's considered as this an action or not. Meaning if groma, if you cause something, is, is considered as you do an action or not. And this people will be the basis to see who it takes the credit for of sale. And he explains in the following way that the Ramban in Parsha Vayeshev, in Perek Zayin, Pasuk Chavov, explains the argument between Reuven and Yehuda, meaning, originally the brothers wanted to kill Yosef outright. But Reuven says on chapter 37, verse number 22, HaShlichi Oysu El thrown into this pit, VeYad Altish LeChuboy, but a hand do not lay on him, meaning, that Reuven's argument was, yes, we are going to kill him, but make sure that you only cause his death, but you don't actually kill him outright. Meaning that Reuven believed that the punishment of somebody who caused a death, it's not the same thing as somebody who kills somebody outright, even though you are sure the person is going to die if he stays in the pit without food and water. Which means that Reuven held that a goirem, somebody who causes something, it's not it's not considered as he actually did that action. But Yehuda believed that throwing him into the pit is considered as killing him outright. Therefore Yehuda says, that let's go sell him to the Ishmaelites but we should not lay a hand on him because Judah believed that even when you throw him into the pit, that is still considered as you killing him outright. Because Judah is of the idea that a goirem, somebody who causes something, is considered as he did the action itself. Therefore he says, let's sell him to the Ishmael. According to this, Sefer Shemeroi says, comes out that in the case of the sale of Yosef, where something good comes out of the sale, as the Hassam Soifer explains, meaning that there is a divine reason for that sale that there should be in Egypt, as he explains the three reasons why good came out of that, then comes out like that. If I hold that somebody who causes something it's not like he did the action, then comes out that even though eventually it caused to be a good thing, but then it's not like they actually did the good thing themselves, then the person who sold Yosef is guilty for the sale. Because even though something good came out of it, but that's not considered as you did an action when you caused it, therefore you are guilty for the sale. But according to Yehuda himself, where Yehuda holds that when you cause something to be done, it's tantamount as you did the action yourself. And that is why Yehuda sold Yosef and did not leave him in the pit, here too, since the sale of Yosef caused something good to come out of it, then it's tantamount as you did something good, then you are not guilty for the sale of Yosef because something good came out of it. And since you caused it by the sale, it is like you did the action of the goodness by the sale of Yosef. And Sefer Shemrash explains that since Yehuda's mindset was that Goirem kemaseh, that somebody who causes something is considered as he did the action, therefore from heaven they decided that Yehuda should be the one to sell Yosef in order for him to get the credit when that comes out to be something good according to his own opinion. Sefer Shemiroj brings another chassam soifer where the chassam Sofer says that we could decide the halacha if somebody causes something is it considered as it does an action or not from the idea of Eglea of the decapitated calf? Meaning that we mentioned, that's written in chapter 21, verse number 7, that the elders say, yod that our hands did not spill this blood, and our eyes did not see. And as we mentioned for the Gemara, the Gomorrah asks a question, would you even think that the elders would spill the blood? Then what does it mean to say that our hands did not spill the blood? The Gomorrah says that <inaudible> that it didn't come in our hands, meaning we didn't see him and we didn't give him any food, meaning that if we saw him, we gave him food, and we didn't see him living and we did not give him an escort, did not accompany. Meaning that if they wouldn't give them accompaniment or they wouldn't send them off with food, then they would be guilty of spilling the blood. As a matter of fact, we mentioned that Omar Abyochan Mishum Rabmeir, that Abyochan says in the name of Umislave, that, that anybody who does not give escort, does not accompany somebody else, or does not allow himself to be accompanied is tantamount as you have been spilling blood. But the problem is that here, even if the elders do not give any food, they are not killing the person outright. They are only causing the person maybe to be killed. And if they don't accompany somebody, they are not causing the person to die outright. They may be causing him eventually to die, because people will see that he doesn't have an accompaniment, he doesn't have any protection, and therefore he'll die. So we see from that idea of Aglarufa, that the Torah views it as a goirem, somebody who causes somebody to die, as you would have done the action itself, because the rabbis have to declare that our hands had not killed this person, even though their job is only to give food to that person. So we see from Egla Rufa from the decapitated cow, that somebody who causes something is like he did the action itself. If that is so, then comes out that whoever sold Yosef did not actually sin because since out of the sale of Yosef came out a huge merit that now all these people are going to be fed and the other two reasons that the Chasam Soifer brings, then comes out that the sale of Yosef was not a sin because the sale of Yosef was the cause for something so good. And when you cause something good, then it's tantamount as you did something good. In the same way that when you cause something bad, it's tantamount as you did something bad. Therefore comes out that Yehuda did not sin by the sale of Yosef because it eventually turned out to be good. According to this idea, Sefer Shemarosh explains that when Yaakovinu gives a blessing to Yehuda, we could now reinterpret the whole blessing, meaning that on chapter 49, verse number eight, Yaakov says, "Yehuda, ato hecha, Now your brothers will acknowledge you. Rashi explains that since Yehuda saw that Yaakovinu is rebuking Reuven, Shimon, and Levi, started going backwards. Because Yuda thought that Yaakov is also going to rebuke him, therefore Yaakov starts off by saying that Atto that you, your brothers, should acknowledge. And then in the next verse, Yaakovinu gives a blessing to Yuda, and he says, Bni Alisa, from Teref, from what I thought that you killed my son, the Kitarev Terav Yosef, that surely." Yosef was torn to bits. That you brought him up, meaning you brought him back to me. But Sefer Shemiroch says that according to what we just mentioned, we could reinterpret this blessing and say that Yaakov, says that your brothers should acknowledge you. You know why the brothers should acknowledge you? Because meteref b'ni alisa. That because of the Allah of Teref, the Allah when you find a dead person, a torn up person, dead on the ground, and you don't know who killed them, which is the Parsha, Egl Rufa of the decapitated calf, from that Bni, my son, Aliso, you have gone up to a higher level. Meaning, that since from there we see that Goirem, that somebody who causes something is considered as he has done the action, therefore from there you have gone to a higher level, that even though you sold Yosef, but nonetheless, since through your action that caused something good to come out. And from there we see that Goirem, somebody who causes something, is is considered as he does something. Therefore, B'ni Aliso, my son, you have gone up to a higher level, and therefore I'm giving you a blessing. And according to this, Sefer Shemeroi says, now we understand why specifically Yaakov sent Yehuda to Egypt to build a house of learning. Meaning, that in chapter forty-six, verse number twenty-eight, it's written there, el that Yehuda was sent in front of him to Yosef Lehoiro to teach him goishano into Goshen, and Russia brings down the second loy to establish, Talmud, a place of learning, that from there learning should start, and since the Gemara in writes down that a be mitzvah, somebody who starts a mitzvah, we tell him to finish the mitzvah, and since Yehuda was the cause that the Jewish people went down to Egypt, which came out something good out of it, therefore we tell them to go finish it and make sure that when the Jewish people are in Egypt, they have a place to learn in order for them to have merits to be able to eventually go out. And according to this, Sefer Shemiroj now answers our questions originally. Meaning that the Hassam Soifer brings down that Yaakov originally thought that Yosef is dead, that a wild animal attacked Yosef, and Yosef is dead. But now that the brothers come and say that Yosef is alive, and we saw him, that he has a circumcision, and he speaks in Loshna Koidish, now Yaakov has a dilemma, meaning Yaakov could have thought that Yosef was taken captive by other people, and he was taken to Egypt, and therefore he survived. But if that is so, Yaakov could not understand how it is possible that Yosef Pasim, Yosef's multicolored tunic was found and was brought to him to say, I cannot recognize this cloth, because there is no reason for somebody who took Yosef captive that kidnapped Yosef to remove his tunic and throw it out, especially if it was valuable. Then Yaakov realized that the only way that's possible that Yosef is in Egypt and he was kidnapped and his tunic was taken off was if the brothers themselves did it. But we have a rule in the Gomorrah that Ain Odom may seem that person can, does make himself an evil person, meaning that if a person testifies on himself that he did something wrong, we're not allowed to believe him. Therefore, Yaakov did not believe what the brothers are saying. Because since, obviously, if that is true, then they are putting themselves at Russia, and Yaakov cannot believe that they are a shoim, that the Shiv will do something so despicable. Therefore, Yaakov did not believe what they are saying because yakov could not understand how is it possible that the extraneous passim came to his hand how is it possible that the captives threw out the multicolored tunic of yosef that is what the hasam soifer explains but Sefer shemerosh continues that as soon as yakov saw the agolois that yosef sent the wagons that yosef sent which alluded in them is the Parsha Eglarufa, that means that Yosef was sending to Yaakov that it was done by heaven that he should go down to Egypt. And since from the Parsha's Eglarufa we see that somebody who is going something, somebody who causes something, it's tantamount as it did the action, then clearly Hashem would make a good action for somebody who is meritorious. As the Gemara says that Megalglim Schus Zakai that we do something good through somebody who is good and something bad through somebody who is bad and since according to the Hassam Soifer the fact they are going to come to Egypt comes out as salvation for the Jewish people in the future for three reasons therefore Yaakov realized that what they did wasn't something bad and therefore Yaakov realized that they're not Reshoim they're not evil people because what they did came out something good of it, and therefore Yaakov believed them, meaning that as soon as he saw the Golois that Agoyram, that somebody who causes something is like he did something, and since good comes out of this, that now Yosef will be able to feed all these people, and Yaakov Inu will eventually die in Egypt in order to be a salvation for the people, and also that Yaakov Inu doesn't have to go down with chains of steel, then automatically that is something good. If that is something good, then clearly the person who caused this is also good because you have to do a merit from meritorious. Therefore, the spirit of Yaakov became revived because now Yaakov knew that his sons are righteous and what they did came out something good out of it. Before I finish this CD, I must stress that a person should never do what Yehuda did, meaning Yehuda here did something bad by selling Yosef, but eventually came out something good out of it. Therefore, it's tantamount as it did something good. But a person normally, when he does something bad, all it comes out of it is something bad. Therefore, a person should not rely on these miracles that Hashem will do, that out of his bad thing will come out something good. But here retroactively we could say that but a person should never go and start doing something bad in order that something good should come out of it. And Hashem Isvira should help that we should always do good things and if you do only good things then we merit to have come